Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast In Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the In Death series of books by J.D. Robb. I am AJ. Jen. I'm Tara. And this is episode number 35 of Podcast In Death. And this episode, we have a special guest. Uh, our guest is a classically trained actor, an award-winning audiobook narrator with over 500 audiobooks in her body of work. Is that correct? That's correct. 500. Oh, my God. Wow. Three-time Audio Award winner, including two Best Romance Awards for New York to Dallas and Origin and Death. Uh, also, 20 Audiophile Earphones Award, uh, including awards for Thankless and Death, Promises and Death, Fantasy and Death, Dark and Death, Celebrity and Death, New York to Dallas, Kindred and Death, and Strangers and Death, and I may have missed some. Uh Everybody, please welcome Susan Erickson. Yay. Yay. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the show. And we are so honored to have you here. Seriously. Oh, so honored. I mean, thanks. Fantastic. I'm I'm delighted to be here. So um, we've already talked about we have all kinds of questions and we have listener questions. Um, So we're going to get started right away. First of all, I want to say that one of our listeners, um, I have to read what she said here because I'm going to read her question first because it seems like it's it comes first in the whole scheme of things. So this is um, Michelle K. But Michelle says, I am so excited. I have bad anxiety and listening to Susan's voice read in depth gets me out of my head so that I can relax. Only these books do that. Oh it's my her. God. She's my gift in life. Oh, so, <laughs> oh my God. You're changing people's lives, Susan Erickson. Thank you. <laughs> that is, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that um, it brings you comfort and peace and entertainment and, uh, distracts you and that is so lovely thank you so what the one thing that uh, she wanted to know was how you got started doing audiobooks in the first place let's see i'll try and make it brief okay so i am a um a trained actor um i have an mfa in acting and um i um started see have a connection to michigan i started going to a uh working at a summer theater during summers uh, early on. And uh, I went to this uh, professional theater that's in Holland, Michigan. And I'm in Grand Rapids, which is about a half hour. Oh my gosh. Very close. Very close. And um, so um, Brilliance Audio, which used to do the um, J.D. Robb stories, they are about 20 miles up the road from this theater. And Brilliance Audio, as I'm sure you all know, is like one of the major producers. But um, one of, excuse me, the um, directors and studio heads, they used to come down and see the shows. And it's a a rotating repertory theater, which means once the season gets going, you can see the same person in three, four different shows. 
um, you know, one every night. And um, so they asked me, they liked my voice and they liked how I performed. And so they asked me to come and read for a book and audition. And that was so early on. And I didn't even know how lucky I was. I mean, that was when it was still tape. Um, yeah. But, you know, wow. it's not like it was 50 years ago or anything. But right. the, as everybody knows, the industry has gotten so big and so fast. And um, now everything's on MP3s mostly and stuff. Um, but back then it was on tape. So if you made a mistake, the poor engineer would have to stop, cut the tape, cut out the mistake, put it back together, Man. and do it. So they, there was a high premium on being accurate because right. I wasted a lot of time. And fortunately, I could do that part too. So it just started slow, and I was very lucky, unlike a lot of uh, narrators now, I got to really learn on the job. And I was doing everything from romances and um, classics. And because of my classical theater background, I can obviously do lots of accents and dialects and characterizations and handle lots of different styles. So um, all that just naturally played into it. And it just got more and more and more. And then after I finished grad school, I moved to New York to work as an actress there. And um, I would work at, work at studios there or else fly back or drive back to Michigan and keep that going. And then, and then, you know, I would do that in between theater jobs, you know, uh, in regional theaters around the country, or if I happen to be doing something in New York. Um, but then the technology got so fantastic that um, home studios came in. And that was a godsend because um, I have two kids and I was living in an 810 square foot apartment with my husband and two kids. And that started to get really unpleasant, <laughs> you know, and we carved out this little tiny studio um, out of a closet and, um, you know, and put blankets and it was just insane. You were practically suffocating because, of course, you can't have any fans going because right. the mics will pick it up. So we'd come out, you know, drenched in sweat, you know, be just disgusting, you know, <laughs> three, 15 times and go back in. And then so the, we realized, you know, we're sort of ready for a change. And um, my kids were in school and it was hard for me to go away and do a show while they're in school. So I just was sort of basically being an actor during the summers so it's like we could go anywhere. So we ended up moving out of New York and coming back to the Midwest. And so we could have a house and a yard and, you know, ride a bike in your pajamas in the morning. Well, my kids do that, honey. And, um, you know, do other things, be with family. And so that's how I do it. And meanwhile, uh, the workload has just gotten more and more and more and more and more. And, I had no idea how lucky I am. Or my husband, too. My husband is a, mm -hmm. an audiobook narrator of great renown. David right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so I'll plug him. But that's that's how it all happened. <laughs> that's really cool. Wow. Where exactly is Australian space? What, what city? It's in um, Grand Haven. 
Oh, it's in Grand Haven. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. My, I got family in Grand Haven, so I spend a lot of my summers out there. So. Oh, there we go. Gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, I had no idea. That's crazy. But Tara, I also lived in, in, in Ohio. So, you know, I've got oh. connections all over here. What part of Ohio? In Cleveland. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm technically Cleveland area. I live about yeah. 20 miles south. Cleveland. Yeah, I worked for a few years at the Cleveland Playhouse. My husband and I did. Oh, that's awesome. Day. It was great. Yes, I do love the Cleveland Playhouse. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people who work up there. So that's exciting. Look at this small world. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I typically will ask people what their kind of in-death origin story is, but yours is uh, yours will be way different than anybody else's. I mean, how, how did you get started with in-death? Because I know that you kind of started not necessarily in the middle now, but at the time it was kind of in the middle. You started with seduction. Yeah. So this is a, you know, one of the, this is like, you know, how luck always plays a role in everyone's happiness. Usually I think there were, you, you may know this more than me. I get lost in all of them. <laughs> um, so I think this was like book five. Maybe I took over maybe six. Which, we'll say six. Let's say six. So I took over because uh, Nora, J.D. Robb, was apparently never quite happy. It didn't feel like, um, while there were very talented women who were doing the narration before, um, uh, she apparently was never quite happy and felt they didn't quite get the groove of the series and, and Eve in particular. And um, so they they gave it to me. And I will tell you that um, nobody knew that this was this huge, going to be this huge series. My cat is scratching, sorry. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, I had time when I was given it to like briefly look at the book before. Prepped it, you know, and did my, you know, all my due diligence on the book that I was given, but mm. I didn't um, know if they wanted, there was no clear instruction. They didn't say, we really want you to do this versus this. And they didn't say, don't do this, or they didn't say anything. They handed it to me and basically said, own it. So I did. And I did a few, and apparently she was happy. And, um, and then, but then it got confusing for readers because they're saying, why does it sound these two other people? I think it was two other people did it before, you know, why? And, um, so they said to make it the continuity, right? Let's go back and record everything up here. So she's doing the complete series, which was so smart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and then it's just grown since there. And um, I think it's really clear that she digs the series. You know, she yeah. likes it. Because I've read other things of hers. I've recorded other things of hers and had a really good time. She's wonderful with characters. She's wonderful at creating 
um, scenes and atmosphere and settings and stuff. But she is like spot on. It is so sharp and snappy and, but deep and personal and mm -hmm. funny. And um, it's just, I think, deeper and better than all her other stuff. My testimonial. Um, <laughs> Obviously, we agree. Yeah. We agree. And, yes. And so um, I think as I think my feeling is she's really as time's gone on. So what did I just finish? Number 52. I think so. I think, yeah. 50, yeah. You were 53. I, I can't listen. 52, 52. I think 52. Yeah. Yeah. 52. So in June, I'm doing 53. Um, so there is another one coming. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and I just think she has gotten, um, she knows exactly what she wants to do with all this. She has such a sure hand in the writing and it's so easy to record because of that, because she's yeah. so good. And also because, you know, I know these characters like the back of my hand. Right. Right. At this point, you know these characters yeah. so well that it's so it's probably second nature for you. Not yeah. that it's not hard work, but yeah. I'm sure it's a lot of work, which leads into my second question, which is walk us through like what the process is for you in doing these books. Sure. Sorry, I'm a little hoarse because I've been recording all this. Fine. Um, I get I now it used to be you got everything on paper, but now it's great. You get everything sent to you electronically. So you're not turning pages. You do it on an iPad. Right. So I get the book and I read the book and I meet every narrator has their own style. But I, you make notations as you go. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, there's a app a program that you can do called I annotate, you know, you probably know that mm -hmm. I'm sort of like, even this way, I'm a bit of a Luddite technology <laughs> is a little tricky for me. I really want to bash those machines. Um, so, um, so you, you, so you make your notes so that, um, you go, Oh, that person is described as having a breathy voice or he's Hungarian or she's, uh, has a speech impediment or, um, you're, you know, all those kind of obvious things, but mm -hmm. then, um, it may be that, you know, she, um, she has a tricky little thing where she loves to pull in characters that you did two, five, 15 books earlier. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, who the hell is Officer O'Reilly from the Third <laughs> Precinct? You know, it's like, oh my god! I know. We actually have a question regarding that from Twitter, which we'll get to later. Okay, so <laughs> you know, fortunately, I have copies of everything I've done, and um, and I have now, you know, once once it was clear, oh, we're going more than ten books here then my notes are very good, you know, where I try and like um, who this person is, who they sound like. And I try and have a little voice clip usually mm. so I can keep track of how they sound. I've gotten smarter as I've gone on. <laughs> and um, so sometimes you have to do that kind of research and go back. Right. And then, um, then you go down into the studio. And um, so then you, you use a, a program called Pro Tools to record. And, um, I've got my mic and 
my monitor and I've got my uh, keyboard and I've got my iPad and I've got, you know, the different components of the recording system. And I've got my water and my coffee and my cough drops and my chapstick and, you know, my Kleenex, and you know, my junk. Uh, so um, and then you you start and there's always an opening statement that you do. And she has her, you know, quotes usually before each thing. And then you just record and you do a thing called punch cutting. So if you make a mistake, you stop and then you go back a little bit and you roll into it and then you push record so that you can just sort of seamlessly go on and continue recording. And then um, depending if I'm, I share the studio with my husband. So depending on if he's recording that week, um, you know, and how tight the deadline is, um, (laughs) I'll take, um, if no one was in, no one else was recording that week, it'd just be me and I could do the book in about a week. So I'm a little bit of a slow starter, so I don't get in there until nine o'clock probably. (laughs) And then, you know, depending on how I'm feeling vocally or if there's a good stopping point or I have something to do, I'll stop at three or four or five, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you do that every day. And then what happens is you, you upload the files and you send them off. Um, and then they proof it and they send back, um, voice clips with the corrections you need to make. So you can hear, you can do a voice match right? and then you do all those and you send those back again. And then hopefully that's the end of it. And then it's in their hands. So, you know, so I'm, you know, engineering for myself because I don't need a a director after 500, after a hundred books, you don't need a director (laughs) unless you're really a mess. (laughs) Right. So, uh, you know, in the old days, they always had a a director Mm -hmm. and they also had an engineer listening in. But now with home studios, um, you can do it all yourself. And actually it's so nice because if you're having a terrible day and your voice is just not cooperating or, or your brain's not cooperating, you know, it's like, forget this. I'll, I'm going to break for an hour. I'm going to go for a walk, drink six cups of coffee and try again, <laughs> or maybe wait till tomorrow, you know, right. it's just, um, it's so nice. And, you know, and also no one's laughing at mistakes you make, which in the old days. That's a plus. You'd see your engineer suddenly going, you know, down, down behind the glass. And it's like, what? What? What did I do? Anyway. So that's funny. So do you give them, do you decide like, this is how it's going to read right on through? Or do you give you them do multiple like takes chapters. of stuff? What? Do you give them multiple takes of, of things? No. Or do you just. I give them a finished product, but it hasn't been mastered, which is something they do in the studio, which is to check if there are any like weird breaths or any clicky sounds or, you know, I didn't know that I touched a table or I, you know, you know, so they're, um, they're proofing it for both technical mistakes. And then, then there's the proofer who's, um, listening to see that I read it accurately. And that's a whole little story in itself um, because I work for several different companies 
And there's different proofers for every one of those companies. And different proofers have different um, protocol or standards or, um, you know, for example, if I may, Eve would never say the word going. I am going, unless she was saying, unless she was saying, I am going to kick your ass, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody. Excuse me. I'm wearing oh. my leather. <laughs> oh, trust me. <laughs> Feeling <laughs> about swearing. Anyway, so yeah, um, she would never say, she'd say, I'm going to kick your ass if you don't, you know, get down here and do this for me. Um, there would be people for, I get away with that and I can do that um, because one, I've sort of earned territory, you know, I've ownership over the style of this book. Mm-hmm. And I do believe after, you know, 40 books ago, if somebody, if Nora didn't like it, she would have told me. Right. No. Um, but clearly she's, you know, she's a down and dirty kind of person and she speaks more casually. She's very smart, but she's a cop, you know, Mm -hmm. and she, we all know her background. So, um, however, if I'm doing another book for another publisher or even for the same publisher, but a different author, I will get tagged if I say gonna instead of going to, and that's appropriate Mm -hmm. because always, always, always the text rules, the, the author rules, the voice, the, the voice of the author has to be respected first and foremost. That's the number one rule. It's not a little, as much fun as I have, and it is a playground for an actor to do these books, obviously. Um, I am subservient to the author and right. what his or her, you know, work is doing, so... Do you want to bring your question in here, Jen, from Twitter? Oh, yeah, I gotta open Twitter up here. Oh, see, we be prepared. Sorry. I had it open. Who knew you had, I had ten minutes to answer? Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be briefer. You should be ready at all times, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one from SM Frank, and she said, "Hot damn! So glad this will be amazing." I did have a question. Does she remember the pronunciation of names from books earlier in the series? As I have listened to them all, I remember how a name was pronounced and often in later books, it will be pronounced differently. Just curious. Wow. Um, I think I do. Um, She can, you know, send me a... What would she be talking about? (laughs) I'm a little disconcerted. Um... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> you know, um, certainly I would think in terms of the main and the secondary and the supporting characters, that would be very consistent. Um, I, I apologize. Yes. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think she means, I think she means um, more just like. I don't know. You know, I do my best. I absolutely do my best. Yeah. And, um, and, um, I try absolutely to be consistent and um, um, 
and maintain the integrity of everything. My apologies if you've caught something that I didn't catch or or one of the producers didn't catch. Um, we'll do better. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? We've talked about it multiple times. Nora misses stuff like that all the time. Oh, she does. So. <laughs> and you know what she's done? She started up. I've gotten books from her. You know, God, she writes like a maniac, right? How many books yeah. a year does she write? And yeah. um, yeah, and so four. she started, I've gotten um, copies where the editor from the publisher was not thinking and got a, a character that started out as being, you know, uh, uh, Mindy and then got turned into Mary or something like that. Or sometimes mm-hmm. it's even worse than that. So um, that's interesting. Um, yeah. You know, who knows what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like we said, there's there's multiple times that Nora has done that. So don't feel bad at all about it. Yeah. I, so I, I, I certainly make. But I do have a question from Jennifer, yeah. our best friend, Jennifer. <laughs> Go for it. So this is from Jennifer. She wants to know how you how do you prefer to read the books in print or how do you prefer to read books yourself? In print or audio? Oh. oh, So if you're reading a book just for pleasure. You know what? I have to say, um, I I don't listen to very many books at all on on, um, recorded (laughs) books. It's, it's, you know, do you know the expression, you know, it's a busman's holiday? Like, you know, the guy who drives the bus, rides the bus on a day off. It's just, um, I tend to listen to music. Or I read. Yeah. I like I like paper books, yeah. but I love them. Yeah. If you know, um, before I was so busy and wasn't recording week after week after week, it was a different story. And my poor husband, he has recorded so many great books, and I've like heard, you know, seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, you know. And I have so many friends and colleagues who I, you know. They win awards and they have wonderful reviews. And I think, God, I'd love to hear that book. Oh, I love that author. And it's like, I don't, um, my eyes are tired of reading after, you know, in front of a screen for, you know, eight hours and my brain is tired. And so I tend to read um, like, uh, mysteries, but different ones, like, you know, medieval mysteries or things. Right. <laughs> stuff like that. Or or the news. You know, I watch the news and sort of veg out. Uh, nice. I'm sorry. I can yeah. understand that. She also wants to know if anyone's ever recognized your voice out and about. She said she'd fangirl <laughs> if she heard Eve Dallas ordering a copy in front of her. Um, it's <laughs> happened um, a couple of times. And um, uh, I was in um, a, um, where was it? It was in some kind of meeting. And this woman was looking at me so strangely, just like, <laughs> I'm just like for the, and it was, I was giving a presentation. Oh, it was for the, uh, the school board or something. I did some kind of presentation. And, um, and then what was so weird was then she went, and it was like what is this like do i remind her of like you know her psychotic stepmother or something what is something i'm clearly something's going on and afterwards she told me 
about how bizarre it was. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. And then, you know, I've done a couple um, really fun events where I've gone and spoken at a library or a bookstore or at a book fair or a literary festival type of thing. And I've, you know, given a presentation. And then, um, and people who didn't know I was going to be presenting, like they didn't know who that person was, because obviously, you you know, you're less likely to see me than to hear me. Right. Who, like people who like stopped, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and like suddenly came into the speech and that was fun, you know, but it's, it's always, it's wonderful to meet people who love these books because I love them too. And I never get to, I don't know who's listening. So it's such a pleasure to go, Oh, you like it and you like it and you like it and you, yay. <laughs> so now you'll be in my head when I'm doing it. And it's like, Oh yeah. I wonder if Tara's going to like this. Part <laughs> Probably. Well, the answer is going to be yes. <laughs> Probably. So my favorite thing about what just happened is that, you were asking about that because that was one of the questions that I was thinking um, if people have recognized you outside because I hear you and I hear the in-depth books, but I also don't. I think that it's amazing that you have this very recognizable, incredible to listen to just easy voice that I'm not just hearing in death when you speak just now. It's so well, that's cool. Good. That's good. Which is obviously a testament to the fact that you've recorded a bazillion books. So, but yeah, the whole time I'm just like, yes, it sounds like I'm listening to an in-depth book, but it also doesn't. It's just wonderful. I don't know. These are the things I fixate on. I'm very strange. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're strange no, too. No. Yes, I am. <laughs> no. <laughs> You are very strange, but not for asking that question. <laughs> yes, and yes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> My cheeks hurt from smiling. So <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Yes. We're glad to make you smile. Yeah. So you mentioned a, a little while ago about pronunciations of things. Is it is it more, I don't want to say more difficult, but more challenging? With this series, because she's put in so many like Irishisms and Irish words. Oh, figuring I out the pronunciation that. of that. That's my favorite thing. It's a hard language, though. <laughs> I'm a trained professional. But you are. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job. That's that's my pleasure. That's why I went into this, because that's I happen to be good at it. You right. know, but I also trained to be good at it. So, mm -hmm. you no, know, that's, that's, that's the icing on the cake, you know, getting to do all that. Right. Um, I think we have one question from Kat Dorman and uh, she says, how do you get, do you have a routine or how do you get into the groove of each character? I have for all the main characters and for uh, the sort of second tier I think I've kind of developed like a catchphrase, I guess you could say, that kind of clicks me into it really fast. So if I know, okay, I'm going to have a scene with Whitney and Eve 
and I haven't done, you know, it's the first time mm. I've done Whitney in the book. I have a couple little lines that I can always say, and I know I'm not going to say them for you. Um, okay. <laughs> Cause Great they're my, quite a little thing um, that I say right before that, you know, it just physically, because it's as much a physical thing as it is a vocal thing. And it's a, you know, and they're sort of a, a typical kind of thing that the characters always said, always say, you know, um, okay, well, I'll tell you one, just because it's easy. It's like um, Feeney always is saying, geez, Dallas, you know, mm -hmm. and I do that <laughs> and my hands are there and my mouth's in the right spot and the breath, everything's there. And it's pretty, you know, I say that a couple of times and I'm, I'm ready for Feeney. You know, okay. I love it. But, um, <laughs> but those kind of things, um, that's, yeah. Is it harder if there's several different voices in a scene? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly harder. Um, you know, um, the more people there are, there's a, the more difficult it is, you know, it's, it's as much of a art as it is. It's also a technical craft. It really mm -hmm. is because one of the funny things about doing it is you're um, you're required to read ahead. Up, so you're sort of a split mind. You're reading ahead to see what's coming, and and so it's like, okay, um, Eve's talking here, and oh yeah, here is going to be Baxter now talking. Okay, and so I'm ready for Baxter when I finish her line. And so you're always kind of looking a little bit ahead. And it's really um, a strange little skill that you develop. And if you cannot do that, you are really, um, I don't want to say screwed, but you're put at a great disadvantage. Um, I have a, a, here's an example. I have a, a friend who is an incredible actress. She is so good. I have worked with her through the years and done many productions, seen many a production that she's done. She is so, so good. But she, and she totally wanted to do audiobooks. Um, and so I, it was so easy to give, make an introduction and set her up with the right people because she is a natural, natural. Um, except what she didn't know. And why would she ever really do this? Because when you're in theater, you learn your lines and you go to rehearsal and you practice them and you say them, right? And so you do that. What she didn't know is she's just a tiny bit dyslexic. Mm. And a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And so if you're doing that, that means that that certainty and sort of fluidity that you need for this funny little niche type of performing reading is really tough. It's much easier now because there's home studios and you can mess up and go at your own pace and stuff like that. But particularly if you are going into like every once in a while, I'll have to go to, uh, I'll have to go back to New York and record in the studio so that the, sort of a sort of very particular, often big name author um, 
knows that I'm going to have a director and an engineer um, <laughs> and can sort of um, feel like it's going to be done right, you know. And um, then you're having people, two different people, who are sitting there watching the clock, not in a mean way, but just, you know, studio time is expensive time, particularly in New York and L.A. So the amount of pressure that, you know, can be put on a person in that situation can really even add to the difficulties. Um, but anyway, that's a story that she found out. It was so aggravating. It was so stressful. And it was so sort of um, upsetting to her that she sort of discovered this thing about herself and that she felt like she would never be able to do this at the proper level of comfort to make it worth investing the time and energy to pursue this, which was really sad. Yeah. But she does many, many other wonderful things. So it's, she's fine. But <laughs> she's fine. I mean, you know, it's just kind of a funny little thing to discover. Yeah. Yeah, because we talked about, you know, we we uh, reviewed shadows in that last uh, chapter. There's about eight million people talking all at once. And there's like five or six different Irish accents, the five or six different New York accents. And that we were like, uh, I was just blown away. Yeah, she was fangirling. Huh? Was like, how, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I was like, how did she do that? It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> And you well, go, it's appreciated. You go insane. And, you know, you get to that when you're doing the preliminary, you know, prepping and you go, oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's when the magic of highlighting helps. Okay. So, you know that, oh, it's green person. Whoever is green person. <laughs> Murphy is green person. You know, whatever, you know. And, and so... And then, you know, sometimes you do have to stop and start and you screw up, but it's hard, but yeah. you get better at it. If, if it's your thing, you get better at it, the more you do it. And it's also a rush when you get it right. So. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. That's an insane scene. It's, oh, it's, yeah. yeah, I was blown she away by was it. Just like she could not stop talking about it. It was so funny. Yeah. She was so excited about it. <laughs> Plus, then it's yeah. emotional too, and yes. then you yes. control like that your emotions don't get a hold of you or get stuck in your voice. You know, yeah, because some people are going to show the emotion vocally, and some aren't, and you've got to, you know. And I've also done books where you know I've totally made myself cry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay, I got to stop for a minute because now I got to start the next scene and nobody's right. crying in that scene. Right. <laughs> and I feel something like this. Oh, man. That's or I'm so stuffed funny. up, you know, or something. So, because everything gets into your voice. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of springboarding off that, we have another question from Aaron from the UK. Oh, Lancashire. Uh, does Susan ever go into a recording having read the book or script once before to get a feel for it? Or is it just open the package and here we go? Oh, never, <laughs> never, never, never. No, you can't do that. You can't do that for um, a novel and particularly not a mystery or a thriller because, um, you know, um, you're going to in the early days, you make 
more mistakes, you know. And there have been times when they've the publishers have been late getting the book to me and they say, can you do this in four days? And it's like, I'll try. <laughs> and, um, and you do it. And so you, you've had to read cold. And so you're expecting you're going to have to stop and start and maybe go back and fix things. But then you get to page, you know, this is the joke. Like you get to page 120 and, and um, John's Scottish accent became even more pronounced as he got angrier. What? That wasn't in the first 120 pages. Oh, my God. And, it's, you know, it's so mean. <laughs> it's awful. And then, so if you haven't read it ahead, obviously you're screwed. So you have mm-hmm. to go back and re-record every one of those lines. And, um, or, or you'll get, you know, a, a, a thing like you'll get a, um, I did a wonderful book. There's a wonderful um, sort of suspense writer named Jennifer Gardner. I love Jennifer Gardner. She yeah. So um, yeah. I think she stopped writing she had a couple different series going and she sort of stopped writing one and concentrated on another or maybe just felt she'd done it but i played this forensic psychologist in san francisco and she's it's um it was a really tricky story fantastic writing fantastic writing i recommend her um where she kept getting these phone calls from the killer. Now, when you're reading a text, nothing is giving away who and how that person is. You Mm -hmm. don't know if it's a man. You don't know if it's a woman. You don't know what country they're from, old age, you know, anything. How do you do that when you're vocalizing it? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you're clearly not meant to know who the killer is until the penultimate chapter, right? Then it all gets revealed. And so I had to figure out a way to do that character and hide the identity and not peep my cards, as it were, until the very end when she wanted that person revealed. And that was a real puzzle to sort of figure out. But I figured out a way to do it. So, um, but so that's why you have to read it beforehand because, and you also have to know, you know, sometimes the writer doesn't tell you that um, the cop that you learn two pages later is a female versus a male. And you need to not embarrass yourself. <laughs> so, if it no. Well, and that's the thing. If if there's no description, really, of what their voice should sound like, I mean, yeah. what I, we we got a lot of people asking, like, what what then would the inspiration be for, say, Peabody? When there's really not, there really wasn't any kind of in the text anything that said what Peabody sounded like. And know? she's unique. <laughs> she's a, um, you know. Um, when I have, this is, this is when, um, the publisher and the author are trusting my artistry to 
deliver appropriately and well and serve the book. But this is why I'm not just, um, um, I'm not just, you know, a newscaster. I'm bringing to it an actor's set of skills and um, interpretive abilities and creative um, it sounds embarrassing. Creative inspiration. Yeah, okay, I don't want to sound too hoity-toity, but so the unspoken or spoken agreement is that I will, now that this is in my hands, serve the author's intent from every clue that I'm given, be it you know, uh, what the character says about themselves, what other characters say about them, uh, descriptions that the narrative section writes, um, uh, other little sort of keys, you know, uh, little clues that are dropped here and there. So I will take every hint they give me and try and represent that appropriately. But then, you know, sometimes... Um, there's nothing given. It's female cop, right. male storekeeper, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And my <laughs> thing, then I need to make a choice. And if I don't make a choice, it's the same as making a choice, right? So I have to make one. Um, so my feeling is that this is a, you know, if it's someone who is meant to sort of have a nice little cameo, well, let's, make a choice that is fun and enriching, hopefully not distracting, but gives um, more texture and illuminates the world because she's in a great world. Mm -hmm. You know, she's created a great world. And, and um, this New York city that she's created is really full of all kinds of different people. It's really nice that way. I mean, it's New York on steroids, right? I lived there 20 years. So, you know, it's exactly that. You walk out of your apartment and in the first two blocks, you've heard 20 different languages Mm -hmm. and or accents or dialects and seen people from everywhere. And it's gorgeous that way. And, And Eve Dallas, who is obviously speaking the, the character that we're seeing this world through most of all loves that about New York. Mm-hmm. So then I decide, okay, well, let's make sure we don't all have, you know, white New York guys, you know, or people who sound all like this or all like this. Let's have a nice, right. rich, you know, young, old ethnicities, ages, you know, genders, you know, accents, as many things as, as we can that make this sort of rich tapestry that's the world. Right. And then, yeah. you know, if it's a major character, then, um, you know, there's a lot of playing around, trying to see. A lot of it is how the words feel in your mouth. Does it sound right? You know, I'll sit there and I'll do, you know, 15 different things. And it's like, ah, that's not right. What can I do? Who's that person like? 
you know, and I'll think, and, and then it, sometimes you, it, it starts as sort of a, a visual idea. You know, you've had a visual description and it's like, okay, of all the people I've seen in movies or the people I've read about in books or people I've met in my own life, who kind of looks like that? Okay. Well, what do they sound like? You know, and, um, or sometimes it's the way they keep the way they're, the diction is, you know, how they speak what they're saying. You know, are they clipped? Are they long and flowy? Are they, you know, all that kind of text analysis as, that you do as an actor. Um, that will figure it out. And um, sometimes it's like I'm reading it and I hear that voice in my head instantaneously. I know who that person is. And it's it never goes back. And there's something about Peabody that I just knew what she, she, she was in my head. And, um, and I, it was kind of risky. <laughs> it was, you know, I knew that, but I also thought I am a hundred percent confident that this is right. Cause she's kind of a goofball. She's <laughs> a little offbeat and, but she's adorable. And mm-hmm. fantastic. That's a great, great description of Peabody, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's beneath that, uh, you know, she's got sort of these quirky little things, but at the, but she is rock solid. She is a rock and utterly going to be there and come through no matter what. And so I just felt like, I could trust myself because I just believed in it. And I thought if I have that kind of confidence, it's going to be right. You know, it's right. going to work. And, and it has. It, and it's, you know, I am, I am honored and so relieved <laughs> that that is a lot of people's favorite character. You yeah. Know? They love her. And I love her. Yeah. Yeah. So... Phew. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say we all love Peabody, even if we, even when we rant about her like we did last week, but we did rant about her. We a ranted bit a lot week. about Peabody. Yeah. But yeah. Just having a stupid moment. But, but then you get a character like Trina, which is um very, you know, she was described as having a gravelly voice. Yes. Um but that's got to be hard on your on you vocally when you oh do her God. or Whitney. You know, the thing is about a series you and with her, you never who knew Trina would ever appear again. Right. In that first book, she had like six lines. So it's like, OK, and I will confess. Now you will know the secret thing. I was doing like a female Harvey Firestein. <laughs> now, yes. Okay. I just thought, you know, this ball breaker of a of a gal, you know, and I just thought this is perfect. That's who I'm gonna. Shit, this is like I'm just gonna make her like that, and it was so fun. Yay! And then she comes back, and she's got major scenes, and yeah. she's like a major person right. in that one book where her friend, yeah, you know, needs help, and um, 
you know, I was just going, oh my God, what have I done? I killed myself. Yeah. Why did I make this decision? (laughs) So I'll tell you something that I have to do when I have her or, or if I have Whitney, I have to just do their lines. And then at the end of the day, I have to go back and punch cut in and then really do their lines. Because okay. if I try, if I'm doing a major Whitney or Trina scene at the beginning of the day, I'm screwed. I just crashed my voice, and so that's something. Yeah. Right? You made your bed. You got to lie in it. So you got to figure out how you're going to do this. And so that's <laughs> something that I have yeah. to do. Yeah. And the last so, couple of books, Whitney's had a pretty big role. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this the newest one he had. Wasn't it great that he went to Ireland with them? Yes, that was fantastic. I thought yeah. that was so great. Yes. Like, we love yeah. it. We talked about how in the fandom people were kind of like, oh, okay, this is a little too much. And we're like, we love it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's so we, were, we were here for it. <laughs> yeah. It's fiction and we don't care. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get rid of this thing. There we go. So great. <laughs> yeah, we were 100% here for it. So do you have any more questions? Jen? Um, well, there's one more, but she, we basically covered it. Um, Tina asked, how do you keep the boys, all the voices straight while you're reading? And, it, Bad, and you know, are you reading nope. from a script or a book? And I think you've already kind of answered that, that you have a little, you have notes. <laughs> right. Chi Chi. Yeah. Blame you. No, no. <laughs> I would need multiple cheat sheets to do what you do. Yeah. And fiction's easy. It's the nonfiction that are, that all the research I'm doing a, a book that's about the history of feminism and it's 20 hours long. And we've spent wow. a lot of time in world women, world women's organizations with how do you say that in Chinese? How do you say that in Hindi? Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know, and you have to, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. You have Those to get are, that right. So yeah. yeah. Does that, oh, yeah. does that give you like extra stress just when you get to a point in something that you have to say, like, how do I say this? Um, when, <laughs> when I'm like trying to, when I do like a read through for a play or something I'm in and I'll get a lot. And I usually, when you do read through, um, in community theater, you don't really get the script beforehand unless you've seen the show before or whatever. Do you ever like come across a word that you're like, I can't wait to be done saying this word. I never want to say this <laughs> word. I hate this part of it. It's going to sound yes. weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or, you know, I did this one book that was fantastic. It was all, it was this guy who was, he was the doctor who treated Hamilton and Hamilton's son when they got shot. Um, And I can't remember his name. So he was like this man of letters, this botanist, this doctor, this, it was amazing nonfiction book, but there were, I'm sure a thousand Latin botanical names of things, often three words, you know, because it's the genus, the species and the learn. Yeah. And, I thought I would kill myself. <laughs> the amount and to, and then you get a sentence that you have, were saying five different plants like this. 
and to try and it's like it was a nightmare so i understand that feeling so well is it is it a huge relief to get through it once you get through that part yes yeah i would imagine yeah, yeah. and you know sometimes you know most books are never that hard but it is sometimes nice when um, oh my god that character died I'll never have to do that person again. You know. Right. <laughs> That's okay. You know, stuff like that. That's I'm funny. telling you all my secrets. <laughs> we like that. I'll edit them all out. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Any other questions? Nope. Not for me. Tara? Um... I don't really, I don't know. I, I wrote one in the list that I gave you, but um, I guess I'll just ask it. Um, this is not for me, by the way, <laughs> but uh, for people who are interested in getting into narrating audiobooks, um, what type of person are you thinking is, should, I mean, as far as like a natural skill that, hey, that might be a good thing for you. Because you were talking about your skill of being able to kind of read ahead, kind of like when you're reading music or whatever, being aware of what's coming next. Um, what like what kind of people should be looking into narrating audiobooks? Um, you have to have an instrument that can do the job. Um, just like a violinist no matter how much they love music, can't play on an out of tune or a broken violin. Um, you, you can't do it unless you have, um, you know, that's one of just like any job, you have to bring a certain skill set to it. And so you have to have um, a, a good voice though there are lots of different kinds of good voices. Um, you have to be able to um, speak for hours at a time and not and, and speak well and consistently and um, so that your voice sounds the same at the beginning of the day as it does at the end of the day. Um, and on day one, as it does on day 15 of this book, you have to have um, uh, uh, the type of sort of mind and facility to um, uh, um, discern uh, the requirements that the book is setting out, the author, as we talked about before. You need, um, not all books require accents and dialects and things like that. But you do need to be able to be vocally expressive and interesting um, and um, have variety and understand pacing and the tone of a book. Um, um, you are a vocal actor, a vocal performer. And certain books you will do very little and you'll be restrained and it will be more straight narration. Um, other things will have much different requirements. Um, and I think um, you have to um, be willing to 
It's a craft as well as an art, as well as being super cool and fun. <laughs> so um, it's not just like, you know, um, you have to go to, you have to train and work at it and improve. If you were a ballerina or if you were um, a, a musician or a surgeon, you have to have a level of competency and you can't, um, I think a lot of people think because, you know, yay, we've all, um, you know, if you have a child or a cousin or a nephew, you've read a book to them and it's been deeply rewarding and reading a, a book out loud is one of the most wonderful things you can possibly do as a human. And it's deeply satisfying and emotional and wonderful. But just because your child loves the way you read bedtime <laughs> stories doesn't mean you're necessary, necessarily um, going to be able to do um, this at a certain caliber. Um, and that's, you know, that's hard to say. But it's, um, I deal, work with a lot of actors as well as narrators. And, um, you know, this business is as hard and there are a lot of people who want to do it. So it's a competitive business. But if you really love it and you think, I think I might be able to do this, um, you have to be willing to put in the time to learn how to do it and how to do it well. And so that means um, practicing. And sort of one of the ways, I guess, avenues, vehicles for doing that is starting with, um, you know, independent writers, authors, like on ACX. And there's a lot of great information on that, um, both for what kind of recording studio equipment you need to do it, but also what the sort of expectations are. So if you have appropriately low expectations at the beginning and you work at it, <laughs> it may turn out to be a great thing for you. But I'm I think that's fascinating. <laughs> wow. No, I was not talking about myself, actually. But people listen to my voice recorded enough on two podcasts. But I have, I have a lot of actor friends and a few of them um, were really excited that I was getting yeah. to talk to you here. Uh, so that's awesome. <laughs> so we're a little over the hour, but um, I've got a, a set of questions that I ask uh, <laughs> guests, if you don't mind answering them. <laughs> nope. uh, you know, you can plead Love the fifth questions. on any of these if you okay. want. <laughs> Just let you know ahead of time. Don't feel pressure to answer any of them. They're pretty okay. easy, all of them. Um, the first one is just what's the last book you read? And we'll say for you, not for a job, but just for your own pleasure. Um, I read I'm reading the Owen Archer series by Candace Robb, which is a great medieval mystery series. I'm kind of addicted to them. Oh, that's awesome. Check that out. Yeah. Um, second question. So I'm going to try to relate these to in death. <clears throat> You could say that in the in-death world, Rourke has a monopoly on several things. 
when you play Monopoly, what piece do you choose? <laughs> That's cute. Uh, I tell you, um, I mix it up, actually. I like variety. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that little iron. <laughs> <laughs> little iron. I don't know why. I just, okay. because I can do it. Iron. And it's like, you know, it's it. like, <laughs> it's travels, or, you know. <laughs> I'm a little it's very convenient. The opposite one, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That little handle makes it very convenient. Yes. Yeah. Um, In the books, even Rourke eat a lot of pizza. What pizza topping best represents you? Um, I, my favorite pizza to order is thin crust with a a thin crust veggie pizza with Italian sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't that kind of negate like the veggie part? I, oh, it's okay. The best Sorry. Of all. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You know what? Eve would appreciate your yes. answer. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, we know from Immortal that Rourke sings in the shower. Do you sing in the shower? Yes, all the time. I'm a I'm a trained singer and have a big background in musical theater as well as um, straight theater. So I sing all the time. Uh, what gadget from the in-death world would you most want to have today? The auto chef. I know, right? <laughs> That's what oh I said. Oh my God, yes. Yes. I said I want the drive. Totally. Dream, dream come true. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so this doesn't have anything to do with in-death, but what's your most controversial opinion? My most controversial opinion. I mean, I could tell you mine if you want an example. Yes. <laughs> but my most controversial opinion is that uh, Princess Bride is overrated. <gasps> I know. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Right? I know. Her and I have argued about this for years. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> That's why it's controversial. That, okay, this is, I know. This that the best ice cream flavor of all is vanilla. Oh man! If it is grape vanilla, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I know this is this gets me no cred in my family. None. <laughs> but truly great vanilla ice cream. My mouth is watering. Let's. I I can get behind a good behind vanilla ice cream. Yeah. 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 Salad. Yeah. Hagen Dazs has a really good vanilla. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I would um, do for that. Rourke has <laughs> an unusual collection of weapons of war. What unusual collection do you have? Um cooking magazines. Okay. I have gourmets, bon appetit, fine cooking, cooks illustrated. Martha Stewart living real simple. Do you actually open them up and like get recipes? Oh, I'm Hey, it, um, this is where even I differ. Right. She, she needs that auto chef. <laughs> yeah. I want it, want it. But uh, no. no, I love, and I can't get rid of them. So I have two bookshelves full 
of I I actually am with you. I've got a I've got a couple of stacks of them too. <laughs> I just can't throw them out. Guess what? I don't have. <laughs> I know. Me too. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, me not too. fun no, to not. move them. Oh, I bet. I can't. Yeah. People hate me. Measure <laughs> has been go like. uh can we get rid of some of these? And no, but his brother did. Oh, so okay. I actually had to, I promised him that I would cook six meals for him. And we served them on a box of magazines. <laughs> <laughs> we put them around, you know, kind of like a, a lovely Japanese tea service where we all had a box. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love it. A magazine with a little, you know, placement over it. But it was sort of to make up for his great pain. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Okay. That's beautiful. Uh, occasionally, <laughs> Eve will allow Peabody to stop for food. And more often than not, that is some sort of hot dog. Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> is there controversy over this? Yes, indeed. <laughs> is it? A, do you call it its own little it's a hot dog? It's a hot dog. She knows nothing. Clearly, or a, or a, wrap, or a taco. It's not. A yeah, sandwich. my daughter said it was a taco. <laughs> so, you know. So, what lesson are you taking away from 2020? Ooh, good question. Don't wait. Do things now. Talk to the people you love now. Mend those fences that you think there's always time. Call the people, write those letters. Do it. Do it now. Don't wait. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's very good advice. Do you have a favorite podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I don't. Um, I don't, um, it's okay. partly because I just, um, don't have the time. I don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but I will. Um, I, the only podcast I've ever, um, sort of signed up for is, um, Melissa Clark. She's a New York times cooking editor. Oh, oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just saw that and I listened to one. So I'm off. It's a whole new world. <laughs> you know, it only takes. I'm, not, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I listen to. Um, I'm very big on listening to baseball games on the radio, and yeah. I listen to a lot of um, uh, NPR and mm. NPR, and and you know, so I, I like very much listening to things. And like I said, I'm a very big music lover, so. Um, but um, who's your team? The Chicago Cubs. Oh, okay. You can yeah. you can be forgiven for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like I'll allow it. Come on. Competition. Cubs are fine as long as it's not the White Sox. You're good. Okay, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. What what color uniforms do they have? They I have just, white and for, blue. for the color. A little bit of red. They're the, the okay. They're the white and red guys. Okay. <laughs> Next time I watch. 
Um, so you mentioned music. My next question is if Mira's playlist contains some songs by Mavis Freestone, some people might be surprised. What band or artist would people be most surprised to find on your playlist? I, like I said, I have two kids and they have very eclectic, fun music stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, my son has actually, um, Turn me on to um, uh, some good rap and some good sort of edge rap and um, some stuff like that, um, which I've actually really gotten into. He's also a big Eurobeat guy. Mm. So um, he's he makes playlists for me that I actually really like. Though when he first started playing it, it was like, ah, um, and then my daughter, um, uh, has, a a good friend and they, like, he sent me all this like Korean pop pop. That's a big deal. Totally fun. But I'm a a big, um, jazz person, um, and classical and, and, but I also love, rock and roll and, and, um, you know, deeply emotional singer songwriters, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know? like we all do. No, but, uh, but now I, every once in a while, when I want to impress, you know, someone, I'll just like turn on, you know, my phone. And it's like, you want to hear a little edge rap? <laughs> <laughs> like what? What is that? <laughs> anyway, no. All right, so uh, this this is the one you can plead the fifth on if you would like. Um, Rourke <laughs> has wiped his past clean of any illegal activity. What illegal activity might you need Rourke to wipe your record of? <laughs> you can plead the fifth on this one, and it's perfectly Besides fine. my international espionage and. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, I, my time in the CIA. Yes. Um, you know, if, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Oh, right. Yeah, so that's fine. I, I suppose, um, I, I, I don't have any. I, that's valid. That's valid. Answer. She's not, she is, she's way too busy to be doing anything I, uh, right now. That's true. <laughs> we're recording relationships, you know, my seven husbands and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> have time for this grand larceny doesn't count does it uh no no no, no that's fine no. that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's it for my fan profile questions uh i think that's it so uh that's what it. what projects do you have coming up i'm doing this big history mm-hmm. and then the week after that Oh, I'm doing kind of an interesting nonfiction. This is a, it's called Better Brains, which is how actually nutrition can, um, it's a, written by two scientists, can uh, really affect for the good um, things like um, ADHD, anxiety, depression, things like that. So that's, that should be interesting since we're all a little anxious and depressed these days. Um, yeah. And, uh, and then <laughs> after that, oh, um, so I'm going to do a little tiny plug for two of my indie authors. 
Okay. Terrific. Um, one's name is Elizabeth Vaughn, and she writes this fantasy, sort of fantasy romances, which are set in, um, it's the, oh my God, it, it, it's um, the, well, you'll have to look it up on um, Amazon. Um, there's the, like um, the Star series. I've, I've, I've done one series of, of three and I'm doing another series. They're fantastic. Elizabeth Vaughn. Okay. Um, and they're set in this really unique world. That's kind of, is it in the past? It is, is it dystopian? Is it kind of, you know, both. Um, and then there's another that is a futuristic sort of in space, you know, a different universe. Um, that's called, um, let's see, I just did capital games. It's by RK Thorne. And, um, those are really great too, but they're two fantastic writers who are, you know, self-publishing. Well, they've been published, but they're on Amazon and, um, they're really good. So if you just Google my name, I guess, and search for it. Okay. Um, so I'm on Amazon. one of theirs next because they, these are ongoing series, but we're always looking for new recommendations. Yes. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. yeah. Well-written too. And Great, a great, great female lead characters. So, yay. Always like yay. that. And, they, <laughs> of course, very sexy men. <laughs> there, that goes without like saying. That goes without saying. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess that's it. So, you know, I want everybody to, if you're, if you're not a listener of the audiobooks, which a tiny portion of our audience is not listeners of audiobooks, maybe this is the time to do it. Because Faithless is released today in the U.S. It's already been oh, out in it? the U.K. for a week. Yeah, today's the the release day. Oh, great! So if you if if they buy it on uh, Amazon as a as an ebook, they can add the audio on for not much money. It's like seven forty seven or something like that, oh, which great. is a bargain. Oh, so great. I would absolutely recommend that. Or getting an Audible account, and you can get access to. I'm sure all 500 and something of Susan Erickson's books that she's done so far. And every single one of the in-depth books is on audible. I mean, why listen to anyone else? Right. Uh, you know, right. that's what I say, <laughs> but you know, that's just me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we're just so glad that you joined us today. It's, it's been again, a, a real honor. Yes. I, we had to have the voice of Eve Dallas. And I, we've said it before. I, I just can't imagine anybody else doing this series. Well, no, absolutely first, not. If they try. So, <laughs> and then work can expunge that. That'll be my. <laughs> there it is. There you go. There we go. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even read the series if it weren't for the audiobooks. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my in death origin story actually started with, um, born and death. We were just passing around audiobooks at my old job. We got from the library, and that was one I picked up. And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm in." <laughs> so that's great. I've heard a lot of people who start out with one and go to the other, and and then end up liking doing both because they, you know, it's it's nice to have that sort of extra dimension to yeah. it. And yeah, you know, I've said before. Oh, yes. That um, 
it, it just seems like a lot of people that read the books, um, they'll often find Eve to be like too abrasive or too uh, mean. But yeah, see, that's what I thought. But, you know, when I listen to the audiobooks, you read her like I have her in my head, which is more kind of like sarcastic and, you know, she's never mean. Well, she is to the appropriate people. No, right. right. Well, yes. Yeah, but she's not a vindictive person. And she's a person who, I mean, that's one of the fabulous things about she and Rourke. And, and, and about her relationship with all these other people is she's, you know, she's deep down, she's a softy, you know. Yeah. She wouldn't want anyone to know that. Right. You know, she, she has a hard time even, you know, being that with Rourke sometimes. But, you know, she does have Galahad, right? Yeah. Cats, cats know. Mm, they, they do, do. know. They, they do. do. Yeah. So she's always, no, I, I, I read this article just recently about how it's, uh, it's better to be kind than nice. And I think that is exactly Eve. She's kind all the, always, not always nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's great. They're, they're all flawed characters. That's what I like about them. Right. You know? They all, and, and you love them for that. Just like, like oh, you yeah. love your old friends and your family for that. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our, one of our listeners said, you know, it just really seems it comes through in your reading that you really get these characters and especially Eve. Thank and you. we appreciate yeah. that as fans I of this series. I do. I, I will. I'll, I, I, you know, I've always thought that if I ever, had a chance to um, meet Nora that I, you know, I, I kind of feel like she's the birth mother, but I'm the adopted mother. So they're as much mine at this point as they are hers. And she might not like hearing that, <laughs> but I doubt she listens to this. I'm sure no she'd offense. be fine with it. <laughs> she's pretty busy. Um, Somebody needs to set that meeting up. So yeah, I if you're listening to, out there, yeah. Love. And you know, it, it almost <laughs> happened when they went to, when we, when, they switched um, publishers, but she um, something happened to her schedule and couldn't do it after all. It was going to happen someplace in North Carolina or at some literary thing. I don't know, but I would like to meet her sometime. I'd, I'd like to tell her how what a, a privilege it's been to to do this, and that um, I hoped you know you you hope they like it. I've, yeah, I've I mean, she does. Yeah. But you never know if that was someone being nice to me or something. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming I would have heard if she didn't. You so. would have heard by now. Nora doesn't mince words. So yeah, no. you, you would have heard by now if he, she was not happy with yeah. your reading. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, That's another reason we love yeah. her. Yeah. So, anyway. But so thank again. you. It's been a great pleasure. And, um, you know, um, feel free to... We can do it again if you want to sometime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We would love to do it again. Okay. My pleasure. All right. Pleasure meeting you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a so pleasure much. meeting you. So nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> right. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Wow. Oh, my God. We talked to Susan Erickson, y'all. We did.
was amazing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! That was. I'm in love. I'm in love with her now. See? She's fantastic. Meanwhile, my friend Olivia is like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I'm so jealous." <laughs> I want to be friends with her. She's she's the audiobook narrator that one of my oh, friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. she, has, she has a book on Audible. She has one. Okay. <laughs> and she's like, I, I hate you right now. She's like, I was like, Olivia, I'm not gonna try to take your jobs. Calm down. Right. <laughs> Relax. It's fine. But, oh, so I gotta get she's great. Perfect. Yes. You guys can you guys can talk. We can okay. talk. We can just be excited. We still have to end the show. We do. Okay, well, I'll just say that um so <clears throat> the podcast bleh, See, I'm glad that I waited till now. Like everything's like <laughs> Are you kidding me? Did you hear me ask any question? I was up. like, what the hell? Everything came out of my mouth made no sense. <laughs> uh, i hope i got if i didn't get somebody's question in i'm i'm really sorry you know she no, she everybody answered everybody's questions in in within her answers like i was she looking really good questions she was so thorough yes yeah yeah awesome um so uh i do want to say that we have uh three new patrons all right this week so uh we have i think it's lamarice carrier is a new patron sally mitchell and Jeannie sutton are all new patrons thank Thank you you so much you guys we really appreciate it that's awesome very 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 much thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts, we we really, I mean, this will help a lot in keeping the show going. Yeah. Paying some of the bills and whatnot. Um, should we answer the, the trivia question? Yes. So the trivia question uh, for the last book was when Eve took Peabody out to talk about her fight with McNabb, what did Eve order? And to no one's surprise, both Heidi and Yvonne answered this question correctly. And the answer is Eve ordered a hot fudge supreme. So that's really all I've got. Um, Next week, we're going to be doing a we review the reviews of Betrayal. And I did find a couple of good ones, both good and bad, that I think will be fun to look at. Yeah. Uh, if you need to get a hold of us, you know how to do that. You can go to our website at www.podcastanddeath.com or you can send us an email at show at podcastanddeath.com or go on our social media, Instagram or Twitter and look for podcast and death. Or you could call the number. We're looking for somebody else mm-hmm. to call that number. Call the number. The number is 205-476-2753. That's 275, but 205-47. Okay, let's start again. The number is. <laughs> I. You know what, people? I've just talked to Susan Harrison. My brain is a little. Yep. <laughs> uh, 205-476-2753. 
that spells out 2054 Rourke. And I think that's it. So for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. This is Tim. And we'll see you again next week, guys. See you next week, guys. Bye. Oh, man. Oh, oh gosh, I hope that recorded. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Tara Corkery, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan. The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROARK. That's 205, the number 4, ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And in the immortal words of Brian Kelly, fucking slant you to you.